Because then they went into the public schools and took discipline out of there. So when we acted up in there, they put our boys, our black men, into something called special ed classes. And as you know, those special ed classes are nothing but holding cells until they can go to the state prison. But this is what they did. And then, the one thing that they knew, that if we can put them in prison, if we can have them convicted for a felony, then once they get out of prison, they cannot get a job because of that. They cannot get the job. And then if they happen to eke out and find a job, then they have to pay taxes on a job, yet they cannot vote. And I call that, I call that taxation without representation. That's what we're looking at. And if one of the things that we would learn to do, they did a grand thing when they took that discipline away from us, because when they made our parents afraid to discipline the children, then what happened? We found out that the teachers were afraid of the principals, the principals were scared of the superintendents, superintendent was scared of the school board, school board was scared of the parents, parents were scared of the children, and the children ain't scared of nobody. Hello, 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 and happy Monday to you once again. It's the cast of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen. I'm the captain of the ship, but I cannot do it without my co-host. So just so you know who's in the building, and we're going to address that video momentarily, but just so you know who's in the building, let me go ahead and pass it to my co-host right now so they can introduce themselves to some of those who are new and to, for those who are returning. Welcome back. So Melissa, go ahead, kick us off, love. Hi guys, my name is Melissa and I'm a 14 year old incoming sophomore. Incoming sophomore, that's what I'm talking about. And our outgoing sophomore, Miss Adia, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey y'all, my name is Adia and I'm an incoming junior in the Sacramento area. Perfect. Uh, Miss Janice, you're up. Hi everybody, I'm an incoming sophomore in the Sacramento region. Perfect. And Miss Anaya, <laughs> go ahead and represent. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm also an incoming junior. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the veteran of the group, I'm just going to call you. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Lex, and tell us what's up with you. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Lex. I am an incoming freshman in college. Incoming freshman in college. We got through graduation, and it's all good. So welcome back, ladies. I hope that we have a great discussion today. So let me just kick it off because we saw that clip at the top of the hour and she was talking about when um, the states or the government, whoever made the decision to take discipline away from parents and then subsequently made the decision to take it out of schools. And we, we were talking in the back and I was saying, you know, we have a problem now because most districts nationwide are, are disproportionate in the way they discipline students. So they didn't think the parents knew how to do it. They thought they knew better and they're failing miserably. So what do you guys think about what um, Dr. Julia Hare, rest in peace to her, what do you guys think about uh, what she said? And I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Anaya because you were nodding and I saw you first. So what do you think uh, about what she was saying? Um, I think it was my first time hearing that the schools took discipline out of the parents' households and they were trying to discipline the students at school. I don't think I've ever heard about that. So I thought that was really weird, but I agreed with what she said. Janice? 
I definitely agree with what she said too, because it couldn't have been more accurate. Like, especially with how she placed everywhere. Like, it's really true. Like, if you think about it, that's how things are formatted. When we think about the school, we see our school right now. We see our school districts. Look, for an example, you see EGUSD. At first, we wasn't going back. And then, you know, all the parents started getting together, all that other stuff. Um, Oopsie daisy, one thing led to another. Now all the kids is back in school. Mm Mm-hmm. And so how does that, in terms of the discipline numbers, what you've learned over this course where, where we've been talking, what are you looking forward to going back to school or? Personally, I'm excited because of the fact that I know more than I knew then. So mm. it's just like my freshman year, I was basically my freshman year because it was all distance learning. I was racking up on this knowledge. So now that I'm getting ready to go into my sophomore year and I'm more outspoken, I'm ready to give these teachers what they deserve to hear. And I already talked to my principals. Like I'm very in connection with all of the staff at my school. So it's more so like, okay, so if you're not going to advocate for this child and you're not going to say anything about it, I guess I might have to. And yeah, I'm excited. Good. Um, Melissa, what do you think? Are, are you excited to go back to school knowing what you know now and in the time that we've been able to connect? Um, what What are you thinking? I don't know if I want to go back in person, but if I do, I feel like I would be excited because of all of this new knowledge that I have. You know, like Janice said, being able to tell the teachers what I need as a Black student, to be able to talk to administration and tell them what I feel needs to change to be able to get my voice heard as a student, I am definitely excited about that. Perfect. Lex, now you're not going back, you know, to a... To a uh one of these high schools, you're, you're headed into your freshman year in college. So in the time that we've been spending together, uh, what do you think you're most looking forward to? For me, I was, I've been thinking about this for a little while, but uh, the college I'm going to lacks diversity. Um, So going in there, I think I'm most excited about being a voice and being an advocate for people who wouldn't have people like me since like Janice and Melissa have been saying, I've been racking up all this information. I now know how to present myself and not only how to present myself, but how to do it effectively um, and how to do it efficiently. So then when I go out onto this campus and I see something, even if it's not directly at me, I can step in and I can kind of be that voice for other people. Cause especially in college, I feel like people are kind of like, okay, I'm going to keep my head down and just get through this so I can get in and out really quickly. Um, But I want to enjoy my college experience and I want to be the voice that I couldn't be in high school. Like I look up to all of you guys because I wish I was doing that. I wish I had this podcast during high school, but now I can do that in college. So I'm kind of really looking forward to being able to be that voice on campus. Oh, look at you trying to come out your shell. I hear you. Didi, uh, so we're, we're talking about whether or not you're excited for the year to come based on what you've been able to, you know, glean from our conversations weekly. um, Are you looking forward to going back into the school environment? And and if so, why? Yeah, I think I'm definitely excited. Um, I'm really like have a lot of stuff that I want to do, you know, to make my school and my district a better place. And I really just want to work on creating like safe spaces and like in safe spaces and like educating black students and stuff like that, which is kind of what we do here. So yeah, I think it's beautiful and I'm so grateful like to be on this and have this experience. So now when you, when you guys talk about you're, you're excited and, and I love to hear that you guys are excited and you've kind of found a renewed kind of energy to go in and change stuff. So what would you say is the very first thing that you're looking to have an impact on? Janice? I'm looking, okay, excuse me. I'm looking to have an impact on classroom environments because I feel like that's where everything goes down. Like that's where teachers feel that they can talk to us however they want to talk talk to us that's where teachers feel like oh well this is my safe space you know I can't yell at you through the computer because your mom might be right there but now we in person and moms isn't around so it's more so teachers think it's safe so I'm kind of looking forward to being able to say like okay yeah you're not supposed to be talking to me like that you know allowing myself to communicate and communicate efficiently because out of all the things that I have learned from BYOP communication is number one because I don't really know how to effectively and efficiently communicate 
until now. Now I can hold a full conversation with an adult about all that we talk about on this podcast and have them sit there. And instead of being offended, they're so in shock that I know how to communicate with them so proficiently. They're just sitting there like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So you think that they're shocked? I mean, my goodness. They be like, like, and they're just sitting there like trying to register. And then I talk fast. So it's just like, I'm running little circles around their head. I'm just doing this. And they're just like, ooh. <laughs> Anaya, what are you most looking forward into impacting on your school campuses when you return in the fall? So when I return in the fall, I'm looking forward to um, being in Black Student Union. And I want to recruit more Black students and teach them mostly about the school system and how to like, you know, play the game and everything uh-huh. and how to get through it efficiently and not to let these teachers just like walk over them and to give them that like knowledge and let people know like you, let the black students know like you have a voice, you can make a change for yourself and for other people. Oh, good. Melissa, you, what do you think? What are you most looking forward to? I am looking forward to talking to administration about including more Black history into the curriculum and also starting a uh, um, Black student union, which is something I've talked to my teachers and administration about already. So, you know, something, something like that to get more representation into my school. I love it. I love it. Didi, what about you? Because you said you wanted to do something. I don't know if you went into detail. So, but tell us about your plans. What are you What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, um, to piggyback off Melissa, just real quick. Like, props to you for starting that BSU. Like, my BSU, I know in my school, like, that's, like, my safe space. Like, I love BSU. Like, that's, it really be popping. So, I just, shout out to you. I want to say that real quick. Um, but, um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to work on. We're working on, um, my BSU and I, like the core members, are working on implementing a student bill of rights within our district. Um, I want to work on a project, like in this organization I'm in, trying to like funnel more Black students from like Natomas Unified into higher level programs because um, they they usually only give like presentations at the higher level schools with only white students or like very few, you know, people of color at the end of the day. So you know, it's a little problematic but Uh but before you move on from that point can you tell us what you mean when you say higher level courses what do you mean you said the only presentations what does that mean so at my school um at my school we have a program called SICA which is designed um where students can take um students can take students can take um community college classes because like at our school there's like intercom and then there's like the community college is like right there, like where we share a campus. So students can take community college classes and get like college credits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like designed for like first generation college students and like um, students with low income and stuff like that. And then there's IB, which is international baccalaureate. And that's just kind of like high level pro, a uh, high level classes. You know, it's like honors classes. Um, you'll have some APs in the mix and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, that's kind of what those are. Okay. But continue if you were if you weren't done, I did not mean to cut you off, but I wanted to make sure that anybody listening, when you make reference to certain statements that they know exactly what you're talking about. Um, if that's something you want to change, they need to know what it is in order for them to get behind you to change it. So that's why I stopped you. But were you finished with your thought? What else are you looking forward to? And yeah, I'm just looking for like I really wanna like and I was saying like recruiting more students from my BSU and like um you know, just creating like safe spaces for black students at the end of the day, because I don't think we have enough of those on campus just for exclusively um, black students. So yeah, that's what I'm excited for and I'll hopefully more to come, so yeah. Yeah, and so what I want you all to to really keep in mind is that is your safe place on campus. However, you have a safe place outside of campus with BYLP. So make sure that your friends are even signing up with us to so that we can also track their trajectory there's one thing that people are understanding that we don't play about and that's our students um and so we need you all to draw in your friends so that we're not waiting for the district's uh permission to serve black children we're not doing that 
Um, and, and for whatever reason, your schools, even within district, have been kept largely segregated and you all don't get to really meet each other, don't get to know each other. There is no connecting you outside of your campus. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there to make sure you understand that uh, we are here to serve you on the outside as, as you all do the work on the inside because you still need people to come in and bulldoze when it's necessary. So Lex, uh, you thinking about starting anything on your new, new campus as you're getting ready to take on Columbia Community College? Um, and are you moving there? Are you moving to- uh, Yes, I will be moving in August. Are you excited um, about that? Are you uh, anxious? Yes, what, I'm excited. I'm a little anxious. Uh, one of the things was like really just the diversity, but you know, it's, I had to get past that because it's a good opportunity for me. So of course, I'm really excited to see what opportunities I can have to put things in place on that campus to hopefully make it more diverse in the future and just make the small little bit of diversity on the campus feel more comfortable because um, that's always something I want to do. Um, I think one of the things I'm excited for also is trying to go in and change teachers and staff's attitude, because mm -hmm. that's a big thing for me. If you can just walk into class and tell that they're already not really feeling you, you know, I'm really the type of person to go, I kind of sense you don't like me, but I'm going to make you like me anyways. I don't care. I'm going to do what I do so you can like me. I really, I could care less how you feel about me now, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to change your attitude. So that's something that I think I'm pretty good at and I want to kind of go in and change how they view black students or if the things that they're doing, they're kind of doing subconsciously to black students because I feel like that does happen in a lot of cases. And so I do just want to bring that to light and hopefully change their perspective on black students in general. Gotcha. And so, you know, this past week, uh, the team over here at BYLP, we've been kind of engaged in talks with one school district in particular. And what we've noticed um, really is the way in which um, folks want us to ask permission um, to serve on the level that we're serving. Folks want to kind of put together a framework that says, well, you can ser only serve this type of student at this time if we invest in the programming, right? And so I, I think that, you know, after hearing all the public comments that were in support of BYLP, shout out to all the community members. I think we got specifically 32 comments just on our proposal alone. Um, and I know, Adia, your comment was in there. And um, Anaya, I think your comment made it in there as well. Um, it's important that as you get ready to go back onto your campuses, that we're not just settling for business as usual. Um, business of usual, as usual did not work for us. It wasn't working prior to the pandemic. Um, it was exacerbated because of the pandemic. Um, so as you get ready to go back on campuses, I want you to remain vigilant and alert because everybody has not had the outlets that you've had over the summer or over, you know, not the summer, the spring time. Um, a lot of you have been with us since last year, but as, as you're walking around, make sure you're checking on your peers too. Um, there's a lot of things going on around us. And, and I wanted to kind of get y'all's opinion on, I know the sentencing happened on Friday. Um, so, I mean, what are y'all feeling about that? Uh, I've seen some of your social media posts uh, Lex done gave him a thumbs down, um, but I've seen some of your social media posts. You guys don't seem uh, to think that justice was served. So uh, let me start with you, Lex. What do you think about the sentencing that occurred on Friday related to um, George Floyd and uh, former uh, officer uh, Derek Chauvin? What do you think? No, I didn't watch it. I got the um, numbers off of social media um, and when I saw it, I was really, I was confused because I was like, is that it? Is mm. that all they're going to do? Like, I feel they were, it's like a chunk was missing, like a really big chunk or something. Like, I just feel like they could have done more. I feel like he was given the least amount possible without there being another uproar or uprising. And I felt that there's lots of Black men and women in jail for lesser crimes for longer times. Mm. Melissa, and it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Does it ever? Melissa, you're shaking your head. <laughs> I was, you I'm agreeing with what Lex said. There's people who look like us who are in jail for 
like you said, lesser crime for a longer amount of time. You took someone's life and you're getting 22.5 years. I mean, and, and time served and, you know, really with good behavior, he could be out in 15, but who's counting? And that it, it just, it's frustrating because how are you going to take someone's life and you're going to be in jail for a shorter amount of time than like a marijuana crime, right? It just, it, it makes me really mad, you know? Well, it's kind of like, you know, there was a, a the sentencing disparity between crack cocaine and powder cocaine, right? Um, a lot of, you know, folks who look like us were really, you know, the book was thrown out of them at them because of crack cocaine. But the other folks, the non-melanated folks who, who could afford that powder, they got less time you know, if, if they were ever convicted. Didi, did you happen to watch or you got your stuff off social media too? Yeah, I got my stuff off social media. To be honest, like I never watched their BS. Like I think it's just going to make me madder than I am. Like just give me the fact sheet and I'll deal with it. But um, yeah, I thought the sentencing was just like, poor, like I'm not even pro prison industrial complex, you feel me? But it's like, there's people in there for the war on drugs, you know, because of the war on drugs in there for weed. Are you serious? And like, they have way, like how most of them they have way higher senses. Like there's like, there was like a black child in the 1940s who got executed on the electric chair and we're going to give, and what did you even know about George Stinney? I thought it was before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have someone kill somebody and then get 22 years. Like there's like, I just, there's people in like higher stuff for like stealing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just really um, annoying, but I just don't think, like, I don't know if we can even count on this. Like, we can't count on this system to serve us because it wasn't meant to serve us at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, even try to use the law against him, it's still not really serving us. You know what I mean? And I think, um, to answer your question before, like, I don't think it was justice at all. I don't even think it was accountability. I don't think we can get justice because he's not here, but I don't even think it was accountability because um, he's not even... It's not even that big of a sentence. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Anaya? Okay, so I heard about it on social media. And um, just like, I was like, oh, 22.5 years. That's not a long time. That's really not a long time. You know, I think about um, most of the posts I was seeing was how people were in jail or drug charges, and then they get more time, but this guy murdered somebody, intentionally murdered somebody. He knew what he was doing. I mean, but did he, did he murder somebody? I mean, at least his defense was trying to make you think that something was wrong with you because you saw him do something on camera and they're <laughs> like, I mean, but you know, he had a heart attack, but your knee is on his neck. Like, mm-hmm. really? That's, that's what you think? And then, you know, and then I saw his old stupid mama get up Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Janice, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> His well, I, tell y'all, <laughs> I, I don't I don't feed into it because the views just give them the you know the profits to pocket. But I seen people repost it. I seen Melissa's Instagram story and I was looking at I was reading, I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. Cause honestly, I was I thought that I thought um what's the name? Derek Chauvin. I thought he was long gone. I thought they handled him. But from what I could tell, they did not handle him at all. And, you know, they'll give a black man life on the spot, but then here comes this white officer who murders someone on camera, and they're just like, oh my gosh, 22 years of life, 22 years, you know? People live to be 100 years old. 22 years is not a long time at all. Mm -hmm. This man will probably be home before he's 75, especially because he's white. Like, it's just ridiculous to me. I don't know. How how old is he now? Any 40, 50, 60? He'll be like 60-something. Like he'll he'll be home before he's seventy. He'll still have a chance to see his grandkids, his great grandkids. But here, George Floyd, he doesn't have a chance to see anybody because he's not here anymore. But you know, they don't talk about that. It's just you know they think it was justice. And then there's the people who settle for less. Oh, that's the bare minimum because you see our black men, you see the sentences that they get, and then you're talking about some oh justice was served. You know, this is a good thing. This is a step toward making a change in history. No, it's not. This is the same thing, and this is history repeating itself. It's ridiculous and it's very sickening because y'all people just take anything at you. Like it's just like ugh, it it, it disgusts me. Like mm, no. 
Okay, so but but I'm still I'm still stuck on his mama. He she t- said he was a good man. Um, she said that if if you s- sentence him, you'll be sentencing me. Um, she never acknowledged the wrong that her child did, and you know there's some parents out there that don't see their kids doing wrong, um, and won't check them. And that's how we send them to school and, and they become little hellions on campus because you won't check your children. And then you get up in court. You, I mean, it's on video. You saw what your child did. You didn't say, I, I apologize to the family. I didn't raise my little bastard ass kid like this. Excuse my language. But listen, let me tell y'all something. Because when we do things like this, and we we allow them to get up there like they could they should have cut her mic they should have cut her mic because that did not do anything positive for anybody i know she was trying to help her kid that did not help her kid that made her look loony that made her look uncaring and you know what i i like to say it attitude reflects leadership your parenting sometimes reflects <laughs> your skill level Cause that was some crazy stuff. And then we turn around and we we're like, Oh, just bring the kids to heal. These there, there's teachers like that on your campuses, just like his mama who looks at the kids that look like them and they have all the grace in the world for them. But then it's other kids that look like us and they're problematic. They need to be sent out. They don't need to deal with them. You know what I mean? And so I'm having a hard time. I, I I was watching that and I'm just like, are we living in the twilight zone? And y'all probably don't know that reference, but basically are these people crazy? And I'm starting to think they're crazy because how is it that a public servant that receives taxpayer payer dollars to provide a service, protect and serve allegedly, can get a bare minimum sentence like that? when he really used the power of his office to inflict harm how did how do how did we allow this what do you guys think how do we allow it how do we continue to allow it i feel like this is something that is gonna continue to occur until like they start feeling the pain that they have inflicted on us for generations like being completely honest I don't think that, you know, the protesting and the riots, like, okay, yeah, that's good. But then it's like, that's not enough because at the end of the day, they're going to try and throw us an inch and we're going to take the inch and not try and go for a mile. And then they're just going to be like, oh, well, they're quiet now. So, you know, they're good, you know? Oh, we're going to give them this. You know, they won't riot no more. They're good. So it's just like, nothing's going to change until they feel the pain they've inflicted on us. They're not going to see wrong until they feel the pain of their children going to prison for life over something smaller than what um, Derek Chauvin did. They're not going to feel the pain until they see one of their children get murdered on camera. They're not going to feel the pain until they see one of their students be, you know, harassed by teachers, harassed by people on campus, harassed by police officers. They're not going to understand until they actually know because it's unfortunate that people in our society, they don't feel things until it really hits them personally. They don't see it as a problem until it's a personal problem of theirs. So I think they got to feel our pain in order for them to want to change it. Hmm. Do you think pain is necessary, Adia? Is pain necessary? Is that is that what it's going to take? Honestly, I've really, I really been, I've really been thinking about a lot of this stuff lately, actually, though, now that we're talking about it. Um, yeah, I just don't think, I don't think we're going to get there with the whole con- consciousness, like, stuff, like, how, like, um, I forget who it was, but, like, there was, like, this instant where, like, MLK tried to be, like, uh, he's basically, like, oh, we're going to march there, and then we're just going to have the police officers beat us, and we're going to film it, and then these people, like, they're going to see how bad it is, and they're not going to want to hurt us anymore, blah, blah, blah. You and then the thing, nothing happened. You know, people saw the video. If you talk, if you see about Emmett Till, you know, his mother left the casket open, so maybe people will see how like, like devilish and demonic the stuff that they're doing to black people is. And you know, nobody, the white people didn't care. So I, yeah, I like to piggyback off what Jenny said. I don't think we're gonna get there, being like, look how much we hurt. Like, please help us. I don't think you know they like it this way at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think for real change we, to me to happen, um, for like, I think it's going to need to be a worldwide revolution. I think 
You know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to take some real stuff for all of this to change. You know, maybe we'll get little stuff and like, you know, stuff like that. But I think, I think it's, it's not going to be, you know, like, let's get, you know, like Janice was saying, like a fourth of an inch every single time. Like we're not, I don't think we're going to get there that way for hundreds of thousands of years. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I always go back and forth of like, can we get more peace with more violence? But at the end of the day, like, I don't, nobody is listening. I, at this point, it's self-defense. It's not even violence. So, um, yeah, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. And Lex, I saw you on mute, so I'm, I'm going to kick it to you. What do you think? Um, I agree with Janice. I really think, because I've been thinking about it. I think I've said it in a podcast episode, you know, nothing's going to change until someone does something. And I feel like if we want real change in real time, that someone is going to have to start getting hurt. Like these people are going to have to start feeling the pain we're feeling. Because especially in today's day and age, people are desensitized to the fact they see another black person getting killed and they're like, oh, it's another one. And then they go along with their day. Like things aren't changing. People, it's it's a normal now to see black people getting killed, to see black people being hurt and to see black people at the bottom. So they're just like, oh, I guess that's just how we're going to go around life. And what we're trying to be is like, no, but, you know, they're not going to do anything about it until they start getting that end of the stick. You know, they're not going to try and reach to reach higher than they already are unless where they are at is not sufficient for them. Like we are now, it's not sufficient for us to be where we are and we're trying to go up, but everyone's already kicking us down. So if it's a, finally a point to where they have to start going up because they're at the bottom, nothing's going to change because they're like, we're already at the top. We're not going to do anything. It's not affecting us. So something definitely, they have to start getting something, you know, they need to taste their own medicine at this point because it's not working right now. Yeah. And, and I think you guys are right because I'm trying to figure out and just going back to that um, that video at the top of the hour, she was talking about them removing discipline and, and um, she talked about segregation before, you know, before she went into her, her commentary. And so as I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm trying to understand because a lot of times, you know, people want to talk about black students and black students have been at the bottom of every statistical category except discipline for a very, very long time. Now, if that were parents being so neglectful, CPS would have removed a lot of children from their homes. The school system, it seems, is the only place where you can fail up. You can keep a specific, you can ignore a certain subset of students and nobody cares. Nobody does anything to change it. Nobody expects anything different. There is no evaluation system where you're looking at different criteria. How are things changing if they're not changing? Why are people still getting paid if nothing is changing for all students? Their, their words are really, really great. But when it comes to the implementation of all these different policies, these people think they're so smart and they're putting into place, they're failures. And Janice, you've talked about it before. If one student is failing, we're all still failing. So if you have a whole category of students failing, what what should be their responsibility? Like at what time at what point do we start to expect more from people? I'm just maybe it's just me. Go ahead, Mama. And today I was just in my because I'm in summer school um for um PE, just to um knock that out the way. And I was talking to my vice principal today and I was like, <clears throat> Do you know that EGUSD is number one in you know disproportionate disciplinary rates towards black students? And he was just looking at me. He was like, How do you know that? Like you you know that? I'm like, Yeah. He was like, So is it something you think or something? You know, I said it's statistics. I said they speak for themselves. I Tell said suspending our future, give me his email, he'll get a copy of it. <laughs> and and we were talking about it and then he was just like I was like it's very unfortunate and then looking at it and as I think to hear what you're saying Miss Lorraine as we see on these campuses like for example within EGUSD I've been through going from like funneling from elementary school to now where I'm at in high school before pre-COVID like I see how my peers get treated like I see how we are encountered how we are talked to all of those things in comparison to students who do not look like us and it's just like what 
and it's just like like where do y'all expect us to be complacent and be the students y'all want us to be when y'all continue to treat us like that it's as if y'all are giving us a nail in our foot and y'all want us to give you a pat on the back like it doesn't make any sense at all simply mm-hmm. because of the fact that they think it's okay and they try and dismiss it and dismiss us and it really blows me because it's just like what are you guys what are you people on like literally like I really want to understand what makes y'all think that it is okay to treat all of your black students this type of way and then all of your other students you know they get spoon-fed literally spoon-fed but when it comes to us it it it's it, it don't make sense to me Well, and I just want to point out something you just said. You said you told him something and he said, how do you know? Is it something you know or is it something else? My question is, why doesn't he know? Because as a vice principal, he's responsible for discipline. Why doesn't he know? He knows his school statistics. And this is what I'm telling you. I want you guys to be able to have answers when they ask stupid questions like that. But because you're a child, you're not supposed to know that. And he doesn't have a ver- uh, an answer for you. That's why he gaslit that situation. Um, real quickly, though, I was looking at this book that I ordered. It called, it's called um, Remember the Journey to School Integration, right? And as I'm looking at it, and you know, like, we talked about critical race theory last week. And uh, you they have things in here. Like, this is, in, you know, a book that anybody can uh go get but it says high court bans school segregation nine to zero decision grants time to comply so they they said that they weren't going to have segregation anymore but then they begin to implement policies that continue to segregate these schools that were non-segregated ain't that funny always and then it always bothers me um so you see ruby bridges i think she, she was the first to integrate that school um, somewhere and I'm trying to figure out which finger it is. Okay. This finger, um, they do these, 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 uh, photos in black and white to make you think that it was very long ago. I think she's my mom's age. You know what I mean? You look at this, you think this is so long ago, but it's really not. And then you see these grown looking, I mean, cause they don't age well, but you see these grown looking people over here yelling at this baby as she's trying to go into school. And you know, those things, this is why they don't want you to teach critical race theory. Cause then you have to come to, you know, grips with the way in which they've done things and they've, they've chosen to, they've chosen to do things. And then you have these students who are still just trying to be trying to exist, trying to get the, get an education because, you know, when they did away with segregation, they, they pretty much decimated the black teaching class because then they begin to t- have black students go to these white teachers, right? So when we're talking about the consequences of policies, right? The policies people are putting into place and the effect it has on communities, we have to understand this was a plan a long time ago. So as US students, now that you know better, you can kind of, force folks to do better of course with the help of your parents because a a lot of the things that we're seeing are just kind of a residual effect of different policies that are put into place that we have to comply by well until we decide to do something different but for the most part there are things that we have to comply by and a lot of times our politics aren't straight for some reason in our community we think just because you have a D next to your name, D for Democrat, that you're for black people. We don't ask for anything. We don't require anything. We just let people do what they do. And then we complain about it when they are not doing the things that we thought good Democrats would do. Politics is an exchange. It's not a gift. I don't owe you my vote. You have to earn it. And when you earn it, then I have to do things to hold you accountable. Same thing in my mind with people who are in charge of systems, be it your school board, be it your superintendent, they work for you and your families because our tax dollars are going into this school system. It ain't a gift for them to treat you like you're a human being. (laughs) The fact that they're spending millions and millions of dollars to train white teachers how to treat black children like human beings, that's egregious. And those, those resources could go in to resource the black students that they have a problem connecting with and providing services for them. 
But instead of doing that, they want to gaslight and say, black students don't know what they need. I sat in the meeting last, last Tuesday, the lady, the head counselor got up and said, well, we're entering into a partnership with CRC, uh, Consumers River College for Monterey Trail, Valley High School and Florin High School. Now those are the campuses with the most black children understand life. And then she proceeds to say something to the effect, well, it's because black students aren't really college bound. They're not college track. They don't, they're not interested in college. And I almost flipped my lid because it's black gatekeepers like that, that have the mentality that black kids don't want to achieve. That frustrates me. And they keep these people in place to sit, continue to regurgitate this nonsense. And because we're not at the school board meeting most of the time, we're not pushing back on that. And it's probably because it's a little different now with the uh, virtual meetings that they have going on. I wish I could have stood up um, at that moment and, and I felt like being in court. I object, you know what I mean? Um, because it's like, based on what? Like what black students are you talking to? Because I know out of the seniors that have come through our program, go in, in just uh, BGSN, all of the seniors, y'all are going to college. And I'm not talking about just CRC or any other community college. I mean, top notch colleges like Cornell and UC Santa Cruz, Spelman. Berkeley, Spelman, Morehouse, Howard, like, and then I'm reminded of a, a student over at Laguna High School, which she got into a HBCU and they wouldn't put her on the wall with the other kids that got into college. And they said, because it wasn't an A through G school. What does that mean? Please and just say you're anti-black. Just say it. Just, just say you're anti-black and move on with the situation. Like, what is that? That's sorry. Just and 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 it became a thing because the parent is like, my kid got into an HBCU. And they're like, it's not an A3G school. And I'm like, since when do we only put up A3G schools? They continue to move the goalposts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why wouldn't our students and our families be frustrated? Like, I just, I'm 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 just flabbergasted, honestly, um, because the thought that we are allowing people to, the connections we're allowing people to associate with you are that you don't want anything past this level of school. And I just have not seen that from, from Black students. I've seen counselors stand in the way and not release uh, transcripts. I've seen, I've been to the Black College Fair with Dr. Rowe, the you can go to college. And a lot of the black students, their counselors wouldn't give them the transcripts so that they can then go around to these HBCUs and, and apply. I've seen that, but I've never, I've rarely, not never, let me not say that. I've rarely seen black students who don't want more, who don't crave different types of experiences, whether that be at an HBCU or institution of higher learning, or whether they go to a trade school. But we in our community have never had the luxury of just sitting around. And the fact that that was said in a room full of other people, not just in our community, but in a room full of non-Black people to continue this stereotype that Black students are underachieving and don't want anymore, you know, for themselves. I just thought it was ludicrous. And I'll get off my soapbox, but that really pissed me off. And they, they do a lot of things to piss me off. And it's probably because I'm paying attention. So I want to see you, you all. I need you to commit to me that you all will start paying attention at your school board level. And when you hear things that don't sound right, that you're going to push back because they're speaking for you. And I know you guys have thoughts and feelings of your own. And I don't want you to sit around while people say who they think you are when you know who you are. How many of you, you have been, how many of you have been on, on a leadership ASB or anything besides Mariah? And uh, so, okay. What are y'all going to do this year? How are you going to step into that leadership role or a leadership role? 
Um, I was going to start up the Black Student Union Club again at my school because they didn't have it during the pandemic and the lead teacher said that I can be president for that. So that's the main thing that I'm focused on right now. And who is that? Is that Mr. Uh, uh, Keith? Okay, let's make sure that happens. I want to make my Black Student Union a place where children want to be because it seems like with my school and where it was my VP and the president of our Black Student Union, because I tried to run for president of our Black Student Union, but it was said that there was already a president, but it was more so the Black Student Union was only around when the trial was in the news. The Black Student Union was only there when the racial racial ingest was in everyone's faces, but now that things are more so... <clears throat> they can say it's cooling off but i'm still heated i still feel i still feel emotions toward it i still feel you know that infliction of that situation the black student union isn't there we haven't been having meetings i'm treasurer of the bsu so i don't understand how we haven't been having meetings and i'm supposed to be there and i haven't heard about any type of meetings so I want to make our BSU something that is there, not just when things are going on to, to make it look good. I don't know who that was um, for because obviously it wasn't for us because it didn't last for that long. And if it was for us, it would have been persistent. It would have been trying to recruit more children. It would have been more advocating and more helpful towards us instead of, you know, PowerPoints every presentation and then we're gone. Yeah, so I definitely want to make the Black Student Union a place to be at my school. I want more kids to know about it because it was just like it wasn't advocating towards the the kids who really needed help. It was more so a BSU for the kids who are already on track. Now, how are you supposed to actually reach students when you're not talking to the kids who need the guidance? You're talking to the kids who actually know somewhere where they want to be. So it's like as if it's making your job easier, but on them, it's as if we're forgetting about them and they don't matter. Mm. So that's my... It's my goal. Awesome. That's what I, I mean. We got to do something different, you know, and we can't be reactionary. We have to be proactive. So I hear BSUs all around. Um, and then let me ask you something. Are you comfortable with your advisors? I love my advisor. Like, yeah, he's, he's great. Um, yeah. He's like always very solid and down for us. Yeah. So and he's like the only, he was like the only black teacher um, on campus. And then like he came and he's like, I want to um, reorganize our BSU and we're going to do it. So like he's been down from the jump and he's like always putting BSU first. Um, so yeah. Is that, uh, who is that, Jamil? Who, who's the BSU advisor over there? Um, his name is Mr. Edwards. Mr. Edwards. Okay. And he's, and he has, uh... <laughs> sorry, I'm reading the comments from this girl. <laughs> Um, Mr. Edwards, okay. And Mr. Edwards is down. I love to hear it. Um, Janice, so you, you don't know who your advisor is? <laughs> I don't know who my advisor is, but the person who was in lead of the BSU for, say, from what I could see, I don't think they were handling it the way it should have been handled. I don't think it was taken as severe as it could have been taken. I felt like it was more so trying to be friend of us and not really advocate and come through for those who were in need. Honestly, I feel like there are more, there's more that could be done. Honestly, mm -hmm. I feel like all these schools, we need a whole new EGUSD board. And I feel like we need a whole new staff and principals, set of principals at all these new schools because these people is not doing their job. I'm not going to say all of them because we have the select food who are actually there for us. But outside of that, um, it's just very disappointing and disheartening because y'all people are not doing your jobs and it needs, something needs to be done about it. Oh, what advisors? If it wasn't for AVID, I'd be upset. Oh, so uh, I don't know because I'm not a, I'm not on campuses, so I don't know what advisors. I'm just asking if they have any um, that they know and if they're comfortable with them. Um, because what we've been seeing is that when we go to different schools, sometimes the advisors are not black, and so they have control over the meetings when they meet, if they meet, what time they're gonna meet, how many times they can meet, and it was causing some sort of a frustration for our students. So I'm asking you guys, I know you were being sarcastic. <laughs> I read, I, because I know you, Mr. Savino, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but that's why I'm asking because we, that's what we've seen um, is I just, I just want to make sure that you're, you're trying to establish these clubs. I just want to make sure that you have the support to do just that. 
Um, it's not enough to have a club. And also it's a club that has to operate under the guise of what the school thinks is appropriate, what that specific teacher, because it's based on, um, uh, you know, uh, it's subjective. They can uh, discretion. That's what I, that's the word I was looking for. So if you don't have somebody who knows the purpose of BSU, you end up doing something else and it becomes a place where that our kids become frustrated in. So that's why I was asking, Melissa, you want to start one. Are you, uh, are you comfortable with your advisor? Um, I don't think we have a designated advisor, but there is someone who um, is staff and I've talked to him about it. He's black and I've asked if he would be able to watch over and he's down for it. So I really like him a lot. I've talked to him a lot over the past year. And so I'm really comfortable with him. Perfect. Anaya, what about you? Um, I'm comfortable with mine. I know him, but I just feel as if we need somebody who is going to take a stronger like push into it and like uh -huh. have the club be really more organized. Cause I remember, no shade to anybody or anything, but I remember, I think I was in ninth grade and we wouldn't really talk about being black and like the struggles black people face. It was a step club. And then um, it was just like us having fun and talking. So they would do step and then we were gonna start a dance thing to do but we wouldn't, I don't vividly remember talking about what we talk about here. Hmm. So you would like it to have more substance. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Denise? And I have a quick comment because I'm not going to sit here and act calm about the fact that they have a person set in stone for every other group of student, every other issue, every other problem at these schools. But when it comes to the black children, they try and throw a black person in our face and think, oh, that's going to make them be happy. That's going to make them be cool. Oh, that's going to make them comfortable. Um, excuse me, sir. All skin folk is not kin folk because these people do not be here for us. They be here for the check. They be here for us to calm down so they can um, please the people of Above them and say oh well, we're doing something with the kids we have something there no no I'm not satisfied I'm not settled it's I'm uneasy I don't think it's fair I don't think it's right I think EGUSD still has work to do I still think work needs to be done and I think there should be a BSU and a BYLP on every campus but you know I'm gonna get off my soapbox now Didi <laughs> Didi <laughs> Janice you being conditioned to be Miss Lorene 2.0. I can see it. I can see it. Look, y'all, y'all nodding. You can see it happening. It's in the works already. I'm not trying to create Lorene 2.0s. I'm trying to just empower you all to be who you are and that you realize the power in your voice. You know, it, it's it's funny though. That was funny, Lex. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> because I, I I think that, you know, what I heard at the board meeting. Um, for EGUSD, they said that they've been making proactive steps. There's so many things in place specifically for Black students. They've been in place for a while, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where. And then they said, we, we sent money for every BSU in the district. Um, so y'all that's been in BSUs, did you know there was an influx of money? And when they say money, I'm thinking they're probably thinking $1,000 or so. Um, did, are y'all aware of any money? Where where the money at? Cause um um Anaya she goes to one school in um, EGUSD and I go to another school in EGUSD and our other um co-hosts go to another school in EGUSD and I don't think we didn't see both from the two schools that they said ain't interested in college and I know y'all are honor roll students so 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 where the money reside at? Cause I ain't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where this where this money is and all these supports that so that ha have been put into place and they're still number one in the state for disproportionate discipline of black children. Like both things can't be true. Either you have things in place that black students are, are benefiting from, or maybe you're just lying and maybe you stole things from our proposal to present to the board, which we heard a lot of our ideas come out and they got to present first, but they've had our proposal since April. So it's very, it's very um, interesting to see how people move when they don't think the public knows what, what they're up to. Um, 
but you guys need to inquire about that money that uh, that money that was put into place for BSUs. Y'all inquire about it and see where it's at and and what you can do with it. Um, because I think that clubs on campus are great. I think that safe places on campus are great. But that advocacy that y'all want, it's going to have to come from somebody outside who's not afraid of being fired and who is unbought and unbossed. And that's why they don't want it. <laughs> Let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Because you can't do both. You can't care about students, see them being done a certain way and not react responsibly. It's, it, you can't do it. Either you care and you're going to do something about it. And Dita, I, I done lost your whole sight because it looks like the sun is washing out your face. Um, but But we can't do both. We can't be both inactive and expect things to change. What do y'all think? You think so? I agree. Like they expect, ain't nobody here for us, but then they expect us to all be comfortable on campus and to all want to come back to school. Like it make it make sense, please. Like I'm convinced there's something wrong with these people because it, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Like how do you expect us to be active, be comfortable, but there's nothing there for us. It's as if we want to be SU on our campuses more than they do. So it's just like, how and how do y'all expect us to be comfortable? How do y'all expect us to be active, to perform in our best potential? I don't think it's that Black students don't want to be college-bound. We don't feel comfortable enough to show off the skills that we have. We're not exposed to the depths of the knowledge that we have. Y'all don't teach us like we can do those things. Y'all treat us and diminish us to the point to where it's just like, okay, let me just do what y'all do and get out the classroom. Let me just do what you tell me to do and get the classroom. Literally, that's the mindset of Black children. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Do Go ahead. Who is that? Oh, I think I was going to go. Well, I just want to like kind of add on to what Denise said. Like, I don't even like, it's not like they're just playing dumb. Like this is on purpose. Everything that they do is on purpose. They're purposely trying to run you on circles. Like we're not trying to put organizations, or not organizations. Well, I guess community organizations. Yeah. 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 It's like in the school system to benefit black students. Like it's all on purpose. They are for, you know, the whole you know there's no systemic racism pull yourself up from your bootstraps you know what i mean all that bs you know what i mean so um yeah it's it's not on accident like they're doing it on purpose they know what they can do to change it um so yeah that was just what i had to say yeah and i see lex was unmuting too so go ahead mama Yes, I just want to jump off what Didi said, you know, they know what they're doing. So we need to go into their face and be like, hey, we know what y'all trying to do. But guess what? It's not going to work anymore. Okay, so you see this little paper right here. This is what y'all need to change because we're not doing this anymore. We know how you guys run things and it's not working for us anymore. We need to tell them we know what their expectations are, but that, those are not our expectations. So if you want us to continue taking part in these activities, uh, your schooling where you need to fix it because it's not working because you don't care about us and you're putting us at the bottom which is not where we should be and you know that's not where you should be but we know that's where you're putting us so things need to change and they need to know we know what they're doing and it's not, and it's not going to be the same anymore you guys better get get something fixed because we can't do it anymore we can't afford it and I feel like that's what Miss Lorene has been doing for the past few years is she's been going to EGUSD. And that is why it is so significant for us kids out here, especially the ones who watch the podcast, who tune into us to, you know, who are in EGUSD, you know, you can join in the meetings, you can make a public comment, you can talk about your experiences within these school districts. I'm sure you've heard it before, but when I'm telling you our voices matter, they matter. Because obviously something hasn't changed the fact that Miss Lorraine has been going to almost every meeting and they still haven't done nothing. We make public comments, our adults, our mentees, our mentors, they make public comments for us. So it's important that us as students get there and talk about it. Talk to our principals, talk to our vice principals. I'm sure the more we talk, the more we press the issue, the more that they will start to acknowledge the issues so for all our fellow kids watching our fellow peers you know make a public comment join your school district meetings because they need to hear us facts 100 percent. so as we're wrapping up our first season together congratulations to y'all um we want to be mindful so we will be returning august 16th that was the consensus yes 
So we will be back uh, to connect with the folks August 16th. Make sure that you are following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Lex, I know we've been saying for the last few few weeks that Lex was leaving us, but Lex is not going anywhere. She's decided she wants to stay. So we're going to keep her. Um, and we'll be checking in with her on her campus. Uh, and where is that? Is this, what, where is your campus at? It's all the way in Sonora. It's two hours away from here. Okay. So we'll be checking in with Lex in Sonora and we'll be hearing about the ladies first week at school and what we need to get active about in the community to assist them and support them. Um, while we're on here, I just wanted to send a shout out to one of our uh, team members, our extended family who lost a loved one last week. Um, we are supporting the family the best that we can. Um, if you are interested in helping us to support the family as they prepare to lay their loved one to rest, um, give us a call at the office, 916-513-7959, um, because we want to make sure we are always uh, present in community and we're showing love and support where it is most needed. Um, so with that, uh, ladies, great, great job. I look forward to, I know we'll probably be around each other and everybody won't see us, um, but I look forward to connecting with you again officially as part of the Black versus the Board of Education podcast team when we take over for the, well, I was going to say the 9-9 and 2000, but that ain't it. Uh, so <laughs> with that, we're going to hit you with that last wave for this season on one, two, three. We will see you August 16th, 4 p.m. on Monday. Um, so make sure y'all are here and in the building. Bye.